Hey everyone, it's Brett from Busy Ladies. It's what day is it? It's Wednesday morning. So just thought we'd go through on the podcast today just a little bit of help for those that are struggling with anything other than the scales. So I've got about I've gone on previously about uh, weighing yourself every day and how, how your weight can fluctuate and how your body changes through the week and how that can be a bad thing. So this one is about how to measure success, just five easy ways to measure success other than getting on the scales. Okay, so if you've been on our page, you've heard any of our previous podcasts, you'll know that there's lots of different ways to measure your progress. But for some reason, the weighing scale seems to be the one measure that people use and it's like the defining factor to if they're doing well or not. To me, that's pretty fucking retarded as there's so many different factors to consider when making your weight measurement a completely accurate reading that you can use. So I thought that we'd go through five different ways that you can test if your nutrition plan that you have undertaken is a success, or if maybe you should consider some adaptations to your plans before you move any further and waste any more time or possibly go back to doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So what we found in busy ladies from the masses of ladies that we've trained is this. Women especially because of social expectations Slimming groups, unfair marketing by supplement companies has caused this this revolution of ladies who are uncomfortable getting weighed and have a very general negative association to getting weighed, their their weight as it is, and tracking that. So, And from that, women have ruled that by the weighing scales are the, the one and only. But from being ruled by the weighing scales, they often end up reverting right back to the very thing that they were doing that hasn't worked the other 10,000 times that they've tried to do it. As mentioned in one of our other podcasts, The Insanity Principle. So from this comes extremes that aren't really necessary, like ketosis, slimming coffees, general starvation, being miserable, and you guessed it, heading straight back to failure. So the first thing we can measure is motivation and small motivation successes. At Busy Ladies, we have ladies that are asking if they can half the portions as they've never had to eat so much. Imagine that, being on a diet and ladies are enjoying their meals and enjoying feeling so full that they don't even think that they're on a diet and the wonders that that would do for your motivation. After failing so many times on restrictive diets, knowing that at this first point that they can achieve and actually stick to the plan that they're being given. The positive of this is mainly that you don't feel like you you need to pick up things and it gets rid of that danger of being hungry. Being hungry is a dangerous thing for a couple of reasons. The first one being unconscious calories because we're picking, handing the biscuit tin unconsciously and the stuff we're picking out we feel that because it's not significant, because we're starving and we're not considering it as being important, we decide that we're not going to let that affect our weight loss. So we don't track it, we don't add it to our fast weight loss formula, and through this non-mindful eating, we consume an excess of calories that we've not considered, we've forgot about them because we haven't actually put them down in our trackers, and then when we get weighed, it's kind of a, fuck, what am I doing wrong, this doesn't work. And it's not that, it's that psychologically our our behaviour isn't allowing us to succeed because we're not considering these things. Um, The the danger of that as well is that our brain tells us that we love high-calorie junk food. 
Don't you think it sucks that through all the millions and millions of years of evolution, we've not yet developed the ability to reject things that are bad for our body? I think that would have been a fucking a good one to have. So, because there's mega calories and loads of energy available in this processed crap, and it tastes good, our bodies think that basically we've hit the mother load, and because of how our nature works, we need to consume this food because we don't know when we're going to be fed next, and we need to absorb that high-calorie stuff. And the other thing about it is when you're full and you're eating it, you get chemical releases in your body, and it's, it's making you feel good. So the second thing that I always like to think when we're on a nutrition plan, we've programmed something for somebody and they've started out is, have your energy levels improved? I hear this all the time. Literally, probably every single consultation I do with somebody goes like this. I just want to have more energy. I've got children and just after work, the kids, planning food, school runs, homework, I have zero energy and I feel tired all the time. More often than not, these are the people that are on high caffeine, high caffeine diets, fueled, they're busy through the day, and by the evening they're dying to jump on the sofa, probably from a caffeine crash, a sugar crash, and they want to mong out watching television as they just feel that they don't have the energy to do anything else. I, I heard a term through some study that has stuck with me, and it's relevant to weight loss and training that these people often borrow their energy from stimulants such as caffeine, energy boosters, pre-workout. So they're actually borrowing energy. So their energy is on credit. And then when that credit runs out, that's when the crash comes and they, they feel generally shit. This is often caused by, in actual fact, not getting enough vitamins and minerals, not stimulating your brain enough with any form of activity. You just sat... We've all been there, sat watching mindless television or scrolling through your phone and, and not actually fucking looking at anything, but avoiding spending time with things that are engaging us, keeping us alive and reminding us why we are who we are and why we want to be who we want to be. Uh, I think a, a very relevant thing to talk about is, I don't know if you'll have seen it, that there's been some posts done by artists where, um, say for example, there's a couple lying in bed back to back and it's imitating that they're holding a phone, but the phone's gone. And it, and it makes reference to the things that you're missing through not being present and be, being consumed by social media, I suppose. Uh, and this is why I like to keep these podcasts relatively short, because I think if you're out there crushing it on the level that you should be to get to where you want to be, chances are you wouldn't have time to listen to a full podcast. Okay, so going back to that, as I said, it's due to a lack of sustenance, vitamins, minerals, don't forget high caffeine products suppress the appetite. So how would we track progress in this area of feeling like higher energy? Simply put, track how your clients are feeling. Track how you are feeling. If you feel like you have more energy and you see this by having small improvements in your diet and activity and it's giving you better vitamins and minerals and nutritious, nutritionally more balanced food, and it's helping you get through the day better, and you're not just being fueled by coffee and supplements, then that would be a very easy way to track that. So number three, this is a big one. Your clothes feel better. So picture this. So you're going out. It's the work do, the Christmas do. Uh, you're going out for food or wh whatever the fuck you're doing. And it's time to finally try on the clothes that you've been waiting to try back on. Maybe it's that outfit that you've kept in the cupboard and you've said, I'm going to get back into this dress. I'm going to get back into it. You start to put it on. 
and wait a minute. You're not getting stuck. There's nothing constricting around you. It's going too well. You don't feel scared to move. Could it be happening? Then you look in the mirror and it's happened. And it feels absolutely awesome. You've worked your ass off. You've made the changes and holy shit, you look and feel great. Surely this is a better way to be tracking that you, what you want from your training and your nutrition and your day-to-day -day life than stepping on a scale and reading a number. Which brings me to number four, better sleep. So sleeping better. Yes, this is one way to see if the system you are using works is test your sleep pattern. I'm sure you've been there. I, I've been there quite a few times where you just can't sleep. And for whatever reason it is, you're trying to get to sleep, you're counting sheep, you're listening to relaxing music, you're having a bath, you're reading. And I think what happened was I didn't realise that I was absolutely exhausted. I'm sure you've heard the term overtired. People use this as an excuse for kids with bad behaviour all the time. Oh, they're overtired, so they're playing up. Um, so there can be literally hundreds of reasons why you're not sleeping properly. Stress is probably the biggest one in my opinion, jet lag, uh, eating late in the day, there's too many reasons to list and go through. So diet and exercise can make a huge difference. If you overtrain and under recover or eat late at night, this has been clinically proven to affect your sleep pattern. Uh, a classic example, as mentioned earlier, is those people who are mega fueled on caffeine and then wonder why they can't sleep, then they feel lethargic, and then this lethargy is directly linked to weight gain through poor food choices because they're not in the zone enough because they're too tired to prep the food. Uh, alcohol is another big one that's linked to poor sleep patterns. If you're drinking too much alcohol, to be honest, you fucking just need to cut that out anyway, but you can have a beer, you can have a glass of wine, you can have some rum or gin, but if you are drinking all the time, think about the effect that that's going to have on your body long term. Changes to be made in these areas ensures that your daily nutrient needs are being met, you're drinking less alcohol, you're feeling less lethargic, and you're eating and probably sleeping better as you've wound down and you aren't over full, you're not full of caffeine, you're not full of supplementation, your stress will be lower because you're exercising, you're eating better and reducing the levels of stress in your body, and then you set a sleeping routine that you stick to because it's absolutely essential to your overall health. And the last one is that it doesn't feel like something that you know you're not going to keep up. If it feels like something you know you're not going to keep up, you may as well stop. Stop wasting your time, stop wasting your effort, and you may as well do something else. Uh, one of the keys to major success in anything is small changes over a sustained period of time. We don't want weight loss and fitness to become another chore on the to-do list, which is already full of things that you may not even be addressing, and you might not feel too clever about doing them. So we don't want it to become that. You need to be enjoying the program. You've built the process into your daily life. This is possibly the busy, biggest measure of success. So you wake up, you're driven, you're enjoying what you're doing. Your stress is lower. You're not stressing about having to make your meals. You're not stressing about what you've got to eat. You wake up and it's as automatic as brushing your teeth. When you get to that point and it's a strong habitual process, and you know that it's not something that's going to die off, you've probably got that. Cheers, guys.